Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 1, Episode 4. It's called The Last Outpost. So full spoilers for the episode, as always. Uh, we meet the Ferengi in this episode, a race that I am sure sticks around. In fact, I believe the Ferengi we meet in this episode, the, the leader, uh, becomes a main character in Deep Space Nine. Really? Yeah. Well, that's, okay. early, that's early on. There's a character. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't planned at this point. It was just kind of, oh, we want a Ferengi. Oh, we'll have him back. Who happens to be played by uh, Armin Shimmerman, uh, who you may know as Principal Snyder on the hit television show, Buffer the Vampire Slayer. God damn it. They handed me a silver platter, and I'm going to take it. I'm going to take that silver platter and bash it into your face in <laughs> So yeah, that's the lead uh, for Ferengi. I'm pretty sure, isn't that a race in FTL? I never played FTL, but it might be. I feel like it is. There's something similar to that in FTL, at least. Um, they're just little sprites, so you, it's not like they look at anything like it or anything like that, but I'm sure there's a race in that called a Ferengi. Maybe something similar. But, uh, yeah, so we meet a Ferengi, and basically the, the ship is pursuing a Ferengi ship, and the, the Federation know of the Ferengi, but they've never actually encountered them uh you know in person and uh, so they're a bit mysterious and they're chasing after them because they've stolen a a part from a, a space station yeah an outpost and they're chasing them down to get this part back and they're passing by this planet and the, you know the enterprise gets stalled something has got a hold of it and the power's starting to drain and at first they think it's the ferengi ship but then it seems clear later on that the ferengi ship's going through the exact same thing Therefore, it seems to be the planet that's doing it to both of them, and they eventually beam down. And, uh, so it's about how do so when so the first chunk of the episode is kind of about okay, how do we respond to the Ferengi thinking that they have done something to us, and then it becomes okay, how do we work together? Uh, let's go and solve the mystery, and so on. That's, that's yeah, basically uh, the episode. It's it's also kind of another remake episode, or at least it is in my opinion. Go on, which one are you thinking of? Arena. Oh, sure, yeah. I feel like it's, especially once you get to the end and it's like, okay, this is what the episode is. Um, I feel it's very much this show's take on, on that. Yeah, I, I feel, I like some stuff in this episode. I think the ultimate kind of conclusion on the planet is the weakest part. Yeah. Uh, the, the, you know, the random dude who's part of this Tacon Empire, because that's, this was a planet in the edge of the Tacon's civilization which has been dead for 600,000 years because the star went supernova. And this planet was far enough away that it didn't, you know, you know, get destroyed. Didn't get but, caught in the blast, yeah. But, like, you know, so, so this, this guardian of some sorts wakes up and is, like, surprised to hear that his entire empire that he's supposed to be serving and guarding is dead. Um, and he's going to fight Riker, but Riker just kind of, you know, spouts some uh, uh, Shen Su at him. And, yeah. And that uh, kind of wraps it up. Uh, for me, most of the fun of this one though is just kind of dealing with the Ferengi and uh, how does Picard speak to them? What was the what tactics did he use with them? Um, and him getting like advice from the various lieutenants and like upper officers and kind of weighing in which ones you should, which advice you should take and should he be trying to be diplomatic even though they seem to be hostile and then also just learn about the Ferengi and what they're like. They see they're they're very um trade orientated culture yes. where. They, they constantly just care about, is this business? Can we make a deal out of this? Can we trade things about this? Uh, I like them. 
they're somewhat amusing. Although I feel weird that this is two episodes in a row where we've met a, an alien or a culture that is shocked that Yar's as an officer when she's a woman. Yeah. In fact, in this case, the Ferengi are shocked that they even let the women wear clothes, which <laughs> particularly stood out to me as a bit weird. Or I, I don't want to quite say sex. I don't, I don't think on its own it's sexist. It just feels weird to me that two in a row we've had a race that's like, wait, you let your women do this? Yeah. It's two in a row we had a, a French thing as well, right? Yeah. That, at least, I feel like it's a running gag. Just the idea that Picard is really proud of his French heritage and Data keeps sort of putting his foot in it. And I don't feel like it's going to stick around, though. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think so. This one was kind of funny to me, though, because they're talking about flags and they bring up the American flag and then it's like, ah, yes, the French was the same colours but had it in the proper order of blue, white and red. And then Data just starts listing off like various flag colours. Yeah. And Picard's like, shut up, Data. <laughs> it's not a time for this. We're talking about the Ferengi, but you started this just data. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean it's a, it's a decent enough running gag. Joe, you know it's funny actually when they were describing the yeah uh, the, the 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 pull on the ship like because the, the, they're kind of trapped in like a a beam, mm. and they were talking about how the, the, the if they try and go away they, they you know it can't, but they have this idea of slowing down and then releasing. And I was actually thinking of a Chinese finger trap when he said that. It was like, you slow yeah. down instead. And then sure enough, like a scene later, Data's playing with one. And then it becomes like a gag in the episode. A little bit on the nose, right? Yeah. I was like, I, I already got this. Um, I get yeah. It's amusing that Data can't figure it out because... I think, uh, is it better if they'd had the Chinese finger trap first and then they're like, oh, that gives us an idea? It's funny. I would have said don't have them at all. But then at the end of the episode... Raker's like, oh, I suggest we send a box of Data's Chinese finger traps to the Ferengi as a as a gift, and I'm like, okay, that kind of won me back over a little bit. That's kind of funny. Yeah, the thought of sending all these aliens who are very pernickety, you know, at the best Impatient. of times so far. Yeah, I don't think they have the patience to figure it out. Yeah, so yeah. I kind of like that joke at the end. It, I mean, this is an episode where I like some of the world building that it's doing with the Ferengi and how we interact with them and. And setting them up, the the actual like the rest of the episode does just kind of whatever because I mean I've not even mentioned yet that the 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 energy on the ship is draining because of the planet as well. So eventually, when Raker and crew and then the away team go down, they're all dying. Yeah, like Picard and Crusher and like all the civilians on the ship are all like slowly suffocating and freezing to death. Freezing to death. Yeah. Uh, in fact, when when they get the the alien guardian dude to like release the the hold of the ship, like. You, you literally see Picard and Crusher like almost dead. Like they're just kind of waking up. It's like, oh, we're alive. Oh, lights are back on. Yeah. Oh, that was in the nick of the time. Good, good job, well, Raker. That was convenient. <laughs> good yeah. job. And it's it's kind of that thing where they've added this ticking time bomb, but I never actually felt that that uh, pressure whilst they were on the planet. It felt very laxed down there in comparison. Indeed. It's a problem we have a lot with Star Trek, though, isn't it? That yeah. They always go, oh, we've got to have a ticking clock, and then a lot of the time it's just kind of there. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like they're they're really in, you know engaging with it. No, no pun yeah. intended. Um, yeah, we did kind of see Raker sit down, although Jordy was in the foreground covering his legs. Yeah, didn't see it. <laughs> you see him sit down, but you don't really get to see what his legs are doing. Damn it! Which is the closest we've been. Might I add? But we keep getting, getting closer. We keep getting closer just to see them take a seat. Yeah, they're blue balling us, though, aren't they? They are. Again, it's almost like they know. I know. We're, we're four episodes down, they're just, just not quite giving it us. So, yeah, um, 
So no, I think they're throwing you. I, I think they're an interesting race. I like that they've got like a character trait that feels very. I specific. feel like I could get irritated by them with exposure. Depends how often they're they're around. Yeah, yeah. Like if if they're around too much, I could get irritated by them. Because I feel like um, you know later on when they're they're trying to like negotiate their way with the alien dude, and they keep trying to like sell human beings as being awful, and they're like no, these, and then when Riker does say something nice, then they try and take credit for it. Um, yeah. I can see that being kind of fun, like if if that's written well, but they're being kind of slimy. I find them more irritating in a group. They become this little echo chamber. Mm. Um, oh sure yeah when when it's just the one that you know Picard was dealing with that was all right it's when there's a group of it was like the three of them together down on the planet and they kind of made each other worse well i think uh you know the main one uh latek his name is uh the shimmerman character uh he when he's on deep space nine i think he's just on his own so uh, that's know, all right then don't yeah. have to worry about that as much um but yeah no so i, I like learning about them that, that, that was the interesting yeah. stuff of the episode um yeah it was all right yeah. I, I like you know comparing them to the traders of the of of, of the old days. Uh, Raker, I guess, confirmed he's American, which doesn't feel like something we have to confirm, except that Picard seemingly descended from Not, yeah. friend, you know, from France. So, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. So uh, everyone, everyone could just be kind of away, be from wherever. I guess everyone's just speaking English now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, is it any different to the original series? You know, you know, Chekhov from Russia. That's true. That's true. Um, he's he's got a thick accent though. He does, he does. See, see, see. When Chekhov said he was Russian, I just assumed he's literally, you know, he's born in Russia and he has a Russian accent. Whereas with Picard, it almost feels like no, we're at a point now where everyone shares like similar accents and all speaks English, but he just happens to be from French heritage. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. I don't don't know. Um, I don't think it really matters much. It's just one of these little observations you're kind of making as you're no that's true as you're chipping through yeah i did, I did think it's interesting that we're doing a kind of another remake already you know like, like you know after the two was was the remake this one i, I say I mean, it's not quite as direct as that don't get me wrong but just in the sense that it's very much this it becomes this entity kind of seeing how they deal with the, with these two species dealing with each other right hmm um, that was very much the thing with uh, with Arena was okay. How how do they react? How do they do that? And this kind of goes down that path of kind of proving themselves as a worthy species. That's kind of what it comes down with Riker. You know, he's like, oh, you know, you're gonna have to you know, prove yourself, and you know, the thing is gonna be combat, and then it's it's a riddle. Uh, although in this case, the uh, the Guardian was gonna just like destroy them at first without even yes. testing them. But then, it was, then he, but it kind of became that. Yeah, but he, he got intrigued when they decided to like stop fighting and maybe work together reluctantly yeah. to try and figure things out. Um, and I think the fact that even you know, because because he he offers Raker, hey, well, I blow up the Ferengi ship for you <laughs> since you've yeah. won. He's like, no, 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 they won't learn anything from that. Like, let them grow. Yeah. Like, okay, so that, that's a sign of improvement. Yeah, it um, is a, a bit of an evolution on the idea. It's not just a straight up remake. Yeah, but uh, it felt very similar to me. I think the plot of this episode is the weakest part. It's this, 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 the Ferengi mystery and like learning who these characters are and what this species is like, um, and then just some of the the little things like data. You know, again trying some jokes. You know, was Being it was it he of, says yeah. he says uh, something to write home about. He says a couple of times. Um, yeah. And he's like, did I use that right? Because 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 you know I think it's Riker looks at him and he's like he's said something weird and he's like, did I not use it right? <laughs> but he did. Yeah. It's like Riker's just surprised. That's all. Yeah. 
just surprised yeah. that you're you're using a phrase like that. So oh, this was a objectively probably the best of the last three. Yeah, probably. I didn't enjoy it the most. <laughs> no, no, I definitely enjoyed the second one the most. Yeah, so they but can now is, uh, set a bar. Set a it bar is the gold standard right now for enjoyment levels. Um, yes. And again, this is not a good episode, but a very entertaining enjoyable. episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but this is definitely a better episode. Yeah, it, it does more interesting things. The The ultimate plot is kind of just like, eh, whatever. Like, you know, yeah. I, I wasn't really interested in this Guardian dude. When he, when he, when he appeared, I was kind of like, oh, okay. You know, oh, it's I, one of these. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I immediately just kind of like stopped paying attention to who he really was or what, what was going on. Yeah. Um, not really, but you know but, I mean? Like, you kind of check out a little bit. And like, okay, right, I, I don't know what this is now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued by the, the Takan Empire a little bit, though. Don't know if that ever comes up again. Yeah. Uh, I would have probably guessed not. no. Yeah, probably it's probably in a book somewhere. Yeah, it feels like a throwaway thing just for this episode. It but does, I mean, but there's just enough given there that I want to know more. If they if they bring it back, then great, then cool. They've expanded yeah. upon something that maybe wasn't intended to be in the first place, then cool. But yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't expect it to be. Um, I, I wouldn't either. Also, uh, no, no Wesley this episode actually. Uh, He's mentioned at one point, and he's <laughs> Picard wants to sedate him so he doesn't have to suffer as he know he's dying. <laughs> and she's like, "No, nah, he's off helping somewhere or something like that." She says, "I can't remember what this was." On Picard Children Watch, though, uh, Raker like catches two young kids like in the conference room, and he's like, "Oh, you two know you're no, you're not maybe in here," and he kind of like shushes them out very quickly. Um, and then Picard walks in just as they're leaving. He's like, uh, "Boys will be boys." <laughs> <laughs> and I get the idea that Riker's not actually mad at them. He just knows that Picard will be pissed, so he's just yeah. getting rid of them as quickly <laughs> as possible. <laughs> yeah, go, 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 go before the evil bald man comes in and snaps your heads off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Um, but yeah. No, it's an okay episode uh, with some interesting elements that's introducing, but not, not a strong episode that I think will be very memorable in the, the long run. No, but it was all right. It wasn't like last time where I hated watching it. Yes. Uh, so next time we have... Okay, this better be a good episode because it's called Where No One Has Gone Before. Okay, you use the title like that, yeah. you've got you've to go for it. Yes. Here's the, the, the synopsis on IMDb. I want to start doing this at the end of each episode just to get his get jazz his for the next one. Yeah. Uh, everyone accurately pegs a visiting propulsion scientist as a charlatan, but only Wesley Crusher recognises his alien assistant as the real deal. Oh, Wesley's... <laughs> Wesley's maybe suing next week, so everyone look forward this, to that. This doesn't sound like the good episode <laughs> I'm promised by that title. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't, but we'll see. Uh, so let us know what you think of The Last Outpost in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, of course, you can head over to patreon.com slash TV and you can support us over there for as little as a dollar per month. You get these Star Trek discussions all week early, uh, but that's not to discount, of course, liking and subscribing and commenting and all that other stuff that does help as well. Uh, so thank you very much for watching and listening. I always appreciate it. Keep watching Star Trek and sci-fi and all that shiz and shambles and shibolics. And uh, <laughs> so to everyone but Connor, live long and prosper.